Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Pacific Funds. Here's your host, Dominic Nolan, CEO of Pacific Asset Management, the sub-advisor for the Pacific Funds Fixed Income Strategies. Hello, and thank you for tuning into number 41. In the next 10 minutes, I'm going to touch on a difficult June and first half of the year, inflation, our central bank, recession fears, and opportunities in fixed income. And as always, finish with a personal reflection. Let's begin. Let's start with market action in June, which continues to be turbulent. The best way to break down, I'd say, the first six months of this year would be this. The first quarter was about rising rates, and the second quarter was about the markets adjusting to recession probabilities. The constant, however, in both of these quarters was elevated inflation. So let's go over some of the numbers. S&P 500 index was down a little over 8% in June for the quarter, down 16 and down 19% for the year. The NASDAQ heavy Russell 1000 index, growth index, was down 8% in June, 21% for the quarter, and 28% for the year. So that's a pretty bad, pretty bad first half. The Russell 2000 value index, which reflects more traditional companies, was down 10% for June. So last month, you actually had the Russell 2000 underperform tech companies for the first time in a while. It remains down, it was down 15% for the quarter and down 17% for the year. So think in general, equities were off about 20% in the first half of this year. What about fixed income? Well, when you go to the bond market, it has been a bloodbath as well. The U.S. aggregate bond index was down 1.5% in June, down almost 5% for the second quarter, and for the year, down 10%. That's, that's really a route for fixed income. High yield wasn't as sensitive to rates, but got hit due to recession fears. It was down almost 7% for June, 10% for the quarter, and is down 14% for the year. These are, these are bonds, folks. What held up? Well, floating rate loans were down only... in June, which is a bad month for the quarter ended down a little over 4% and is down 4.5% for the year. It's odd to say that floating rate loans have been a standout performer from a risk standpoint, being down only 4.5% in 22, but that's really an indication of how bad the markets have been. I want to put this into some historical perspective. The first half of 2022 was the worst first half for the S&P 500 since 1970. So over 50 years. For the bond market, it is the worst first half in modern day history. And I would call modern day history really the total return era that covers 30 plus years. Given how bad the first half has been, I want to flip the script a little bit and provide some some signs for optimism. First, let's look at empirical data. This ranks as the fourth worst first half in history. When you go to the worst first half in history, it was during the Great Depression, 1932, the market was off 45%. In the second half of that year, it was up 53%. When you go through the second worst, third worst, fourth worst, etc., the markets were down all over 20%, but proceeded to return in the second half 27%, 7%, 25%, and 16%. In each of these periods where the first half was this severe, the second half has been positive every time after. That's the empirical side. When you get to qualitative elements, we are seeing signs of more supply-demand equilibrium. 
Demand is waning. Prices are easing. I believe we are hitting peak inflation. And I just think there's a ton of bad news already priced in. And especially on the credit side, I think the credit markets are overly pessimistic at this time. So while there are certainly signs to be optimistic, as we record today, July 13th, 2022, the June CPI numbers were released earlier today. And quite frankly, it was a pretty terrible print. Headline CPI numbers for June, 1.3% for the month and 9.1% year over year. So inflation, according to CPI, is accelerating. Core inflation up 0.7 for the month. And when you look through, the subcategories were all above expectations from an inflation standpoint. So Fed futures, as of this morning, and post-CPI, are now pricing in a 55% chance of a 100 basis point hike later this month. That's up from probabilities of a 75 basis point hike. Also pricing in probabilities of another 75 basis point hike in September. So just two months ago, Fed futures indicated 50 basis points in June and 50 basis points in July. Where we stand today, we already have 75 done in June and probabilities of a 100 basis point hike in July. So the Fed, again, being forced to move aggressively is going to end up hiking somewhere between 150 to 175 basis points in June and July due to these CPI reports, or largely due to these CPI reports. So where does this take us as it relates to the Fed hiking cycle? Fed funds target rate range right now is one and a half to one and three quarters. With a 100 basis point hike in June, that takes us to two and a half to two and three quarters. If you get 75 basis points in September, you'll be at, th- we'll be at three and a half. Odds are, if they just go quarter point after that, we hit 4% by the end of the year. I want to mention when you look empirically, if the curve inverts, and I believe if the Fed gets to 35 to 4, the curve is going to invert. Historically, when the yield curve inverts, there has been either a recession or a rate cut within 12 months of that. Another thing I want to point out with today's release, the short end of the curve is pricing in a more aggressive Fed. The yield on the 10-year Treasury is dropped today by a few basis points. So the two-year treasury is now trading at a 3.1% yield. The 10-year treasury is trading it at 2.9% yield. So the curve is inverted as I record today. Again, historically, within a year of this, it's either been recession or a rate cut. A rate cut without recession, that's a soft landing, folks. You get both, you probably have a hard landing. So what could change this? Well, flip it back again to some signs of optimism. We're seeing metals prices on the Ford curves dropping, commodity, other commodity prices, trucking freight rates, M2 is slowing. There are Ford indicators that base materials are dropping, which hopefully will lead to a more normalized inflation print, thus giving the Fed some wiggle room to not be as aggressive in tightening monetary policy. If those flow through to CPI, which eventually they should, that should help and give the Fed wiggle room, we'll see. All right, so here's a question to ponder. Are we currently in a recession? And I think that's, it's a tough question. Let me explain a little bit why. Traditionally, recessions were viewed as two consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth. Well, we had negative real GDP growth in Q1, and the expectations are that Q2 will also be a negative real number. That, by definition, would 
qualify us as currently being in a recession. However, if you look at a slowdown in economic activity in real income, that answer would also suggest we are currently in a recession. But according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, it takes more than that. You look through to employment. Well, employment to me is healthy, so that would indicate no recession. Industrial production, right now that indicates no recession. So academically, I'd say the answer, yes, we are currently in a recession. Given that employment and industrial numbers, I'm not there as far as currently. Given the new direction or the more aggressive direction of the Fed, a recession as of this month is now probable. So with the backdrop of accelerating inflation, a more aggressive Fed, and tightening monetary conditions, what does all this mean for investors? Now we get to the relative value that I see within fixed income. And let's start with yield levels. In particular, the Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index now has a yield in the high threes. Mind you, this is a broad-based investment-grade index that had a yield of just 1% a couple years ago. So that's almost quadrupled in yield. The corporate investment-grade corporate bond index yield is now in the high fours. Again, this is investment-grade. U.S. high yield is close to about 9%, with double Bs, which is the higher quality of the junk market, over 7%. Yields on floating rate loans are close to 9% as well. So you're in a situation where investment-grade bonds are 3 to 4%. Investment-grade corporates are 4 to 5%. High yield and floating rate loans are around 9%. In my opinion, that's attractive, especially when you, you think about the next two or three years. So let's assume you have a time horizon of two to three years, and you're trying to forecast you know, return probabilities. Well, from an equity standpoint, it's hard to say what the proper PE should be given the level of rates and a potential recession. When I flip over to a credit investor, I believe incorporating that math makes it pretty compelling, especially when looking at an overall asset allocation. And I would say for the past couple months, as spread started to widen, my thoughts have been credit was interesting, but not attractive. I am now in the camp that credit is attractive. Doesn't mean it won't be volatile with the rest of the risk-based assets over the next few months. But given the time horizon, I find credit to be, again, attractive at this point in time. As always, I want to finish with a personal reflection. We recently celebrated Independence Day, and I was not born in this country. I am a citizen, but the 4th of July reminded me that we should never take for granted our independence and the principles upon which this country was founded. And when I think about the past year or two, I see some of our base freedoms being tampered with, and it breaks my heart. I just think we all have a responsibility to preserve our freedoms. And in my opinion, individual freedom demands individual responsibility. And I certainly don't take that lightly. Thank you for your time and stay tuned. The views in this commentary are as of the date recorded and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice, an endorsement of any security mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice as market and other conditions warrant. Any performance data quoted represents past performance, which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. 
All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. All third-party trademarks referenced belong to their respective owner. Pacific Funds and Pacific Asset Management LLC are registered service marks of Pacific Life Insurance Company. Pacific Life Insurance Company is the administrator for Pacific Funds. It is not a fiduciary and therefore does not give advice or make recommendations regarding insurance or investment products.